Are you ready? A shot of wrestling. Episode 334. And away we go. shot, boy. Is that the message you got? We about to go live, but you're ready to rock. So take a shot. Oh, so take a shot. Oh, yeah. I'm a street breaker. I'm a heartbreaker. This is my dawn. I'm a moan breaker. Straight plan into war. About to seek and destroy. It's an SOW. Let me hear you make noise. Take a shot, boy. Is that the message you got? We about to go live, but you're ready to rock. So take a shot. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of A Shot of Wrestling. I'm your host, at Michael J. Putty. Joining me, as always, a very good friend of mine, a man you may know very close to your heart. Joining us from the other side of the picket line, Mr. Marcus <laughs> D. Schwan. Marcus, how are you doing, my friend? Well, my feet hurt because I wore the wrong shoes today to, to picket. Uh, it was my first time striking, Putty. It, it was an interesting experience today. Um, Never forget your first. Definitely learned that. Definitely learn next time to wear sneakers. <laughs> you wear shoes. I was. I wore shoes. Oh, you wore like shoes. An idiot. I. I don't know. <laughs> okay. I mean, I didn't know. I didn't know what I was getting myself into. Like you know, we're, I was out there for four hours picketing in front of Warner Brothers Studio, uh, well, the the office at least in New York City. And dude, it, it was it was great energy, man. Great vibes all around. You know, it was great to see the the Writers Guild was also there, uh, striking with us. And um, I met with one of my dear friends, uh, also producing partner. And yeah, man, the, the energy was electric. It, the the coolest thing actually about that was um, you, you had random people who were not part of any guild whatsoever joining the cause, joining the fight. And that was a cool experience. Some random person off the street, random people. Yeah, because they want to watch. They want to watch TV and movies. Can we get this stuff done? <laughs> yes. Can we get it done, please? It makes no sense. What you what, what I hear you guys are fighting for makes sense. Uh, come on. I don't want another shortened season like The Office. When I was watching The Office during 2020 pandemic lockdown, why season four? Like 12 episodes. Oh, that's right. That's right. <sighs> yeah. I mean, that's exactly what we're going through. I mean, like what a regular viewer is going to see is basically a return of what it was in 2008. And it could be even longer uh, than that strike because, like, you know, you're just watching reruns. You're watching shortened seasons. You're watching some garbage stuff because of like they're working with non-union writers, and then you've seen cancellation of shows, and then you're seeing a lot of oh, piece of reality come TV. On. COVID cost me two of my favorite shows. If this fucking writing strike cost me more shows, uh-uh. Putty's it gonna, could. It, very, it very well could. It very well could. Because you know these studios are crying poverty. That's one of the reasons like why they're not meeting us. Hmm. They're, they're saying we're being unrealistic after Bob Iger signed a contract extension. Did you know this, putty? It's simple math, actually. By the way, Mark Schwann's on his soapbox. Let's, let's sit back, relax, and enjoy. <laughs> Did you know this? So Netflix has 200 and, 231 million subscribers, right? I did know a that. Stan, a standard package, a standard uh, package for Netflix is $16 a month, right? Roughly. Thank you to my ex-girlfriend for uh, doing that. <laughs> So that equates to $3.72 billion a month that Netflix makes alone. Okay. But yet they can't afford, you know, just simple living wages for actors and for writers alike. Hmm. Can't do it, right? Makes I mean, no sense. I'm sure the head of is making a reasonable salary, no? With the, the CEO? Yeah, I'm sure he's shopping at uh, Wendy's and the Old Navy, right? Oh, hey, please, right. Gotta, yeah, give, give him yeah, a. Yeah. Picking coupons, and you know they they only list their salaries. They do make bonuses on top of that. Of course, let me tell you something. It's a very, 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 yeah, very, 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 very small chance, but there is a chance. Okay, within the next two days, I could win eight hundred million dollars, followed by six hundred million dollars. Followed by I'm okay. in, I'm in both Powerball and the Mega, whatever the fuck it's called. So Mega Millions. I'll take my winnings. I'll start my own studio. Yes. And then I'll let you run it for me, okay? Oh, done. Awesome. And then we can put some TV and movie shows out, okay? Okay. Okay. People are fucking greedy, dude. You know, 
like why hasn't Mark Cuban gotten into this game? Right? Yeah. Shark Tank. He's going to Shark Tank. Let, let, let me bring my studio to Shark Tank, see what they who's in, who's out. That'd be good. I'd watch that. But yeah, how you feeling but, though? Like, like really? so your career's on hold. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that that says it all. I guess that, that uh, laugh says it all. I'm fine. I'm fine. Yeah. <laughs> no, seriously. I mean, like, listen, does it suck? Absolutely. I think every actor can agree that this sucks. You know, we can't do what we love to do. We can't earn a living. Uh, we can't even talk about the projects that we've done on social media. I can't talk about pretty much anything on the podcast about, like, any shows that have been going on. Uh, because the, the rules are so vague right now about what we can or can't do. But, you know, it's a sacrifice we have to make because the, the cause is just way too important. If we settle now for anything less than the, the demand, especially when it comes to AI, then the battle's gone. The war is done. We lost. Game over, man. Like, it, our careers could be over. And, and I, you know, kudos to Fran Drescher. I heard her speech yesterday, Thursday, for those who are listening next week. And she, she's got balls, man. She's got balls. She had a passion speech, and it lit a fire under my ass, and I think everyone else. And we saw it today on the, on the picket lines all throughout New York and L.A. I, 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 nothing but respect for her, man. Like I don't necessarily know if prior leadership would have done the same as her. I would hope to say yes, but you know the proof is in the pudding. I mean, SAG after I'd be a little critical on them. Like they've been slow playing this for for the last two, three. Um, contract negotiations now about you know uh, as far as getting you know royalties as far as um, as far as like, you know streaming services and the residuals excuse me and yeah I mean here we are you know you know that's one of the last stands we're trying to try and take right now because everything's streaming and we're getting fucked as actors as writers and it's just really not fair. I heard last year month maybe months ago the problem was uh streaming stuff streaming this streaming whatever then all of a sudden this past week i'm hearing about this ai stuff and who would have fucking thunk ai man take it over the world we're gonna be slaves in like 10 years well that's what franchiser said i mean basically this is not even just for us it's to set the tone for every single job out there right now for the fight against ai and, and i think i think the world is watching as well it should by the way fun fact my both my parents worked growing up so i had to go to this woman's house to watch me Days off and during the school and stuff like that. A babysitter, I guess, plus nomenclature is. I find out this woman was a bridesmaid at Fran Drescher's wedding. That's awesome. I'm like, what happened? <laughs> what really happened? Awesome. I never met the nanny before. What, what, can, she, can she come around? <laughs> Maybe you should have had the nanny watch you. That's, that's how you ended off here. So, on that note, what was trending this week, my friend? All right, putty. So, not a whole lot was trending this past week, but. There is some Twitter beef that's going on right now between The Rock and Grayson Waller. So uh, let's backtrack a little bit. So the Grayson Waller cut a promo after his debut in Mass Square Garden saying, you know, it's the best debut ever, beating out The Rock. You know, even calling out what The Rock was wearing during his debut. Of course, The Rock shot back, you know, saying, man, you're right. That outfit was so cringe. Here's what's more cringe. The fact that you look and sound like you dropped out of some jabroni's balloon knot. Uh, Grayson Waller responds, ouch, those classic 1999 schoolyard insults really still hit. You still have an open invitation to be a, a guest on a Grayson Waller effect, though. Sounds like you're in desperate need of the Grayson Waller rub. <laughs> so, Putty, what Wrestling World CC at Wrestling WCC says, you know, hey, Grayson Waller invites The Rock to the Grayson Waller effect. Grayson Waller also called it The Rock, in a way, like, still tonight on SmackDown. As we just mentioned, the strike is happening. Nothing's going on. The Rock has no projects going on right now other than his, his energy drink. Could we see The Rock versus Grayson Waller at SummerSlam? Even when you're reporting the news, you got to be a dick. I really don't understand why you hate me and my passions so much. The Rock has Zoa Energy Drink, which is the official energy drink of the XFL, who is still holding out training camps and uh, auditions, auditions, invites, whatever it's called. So yeah, he has other stuff on his plate, my friend, besides the, his energy drink. He's leading in. Uh, Sorry, the XFL. He does have ma- he does have many businesses, you know, but like you know, not as physically demanding as being away on sets or being on different locations 
as he normally would be doing. I mean, he's he's doing everything, you know, yeah, that one could possibly do. But his his schedule is freed up a lot now. He was a father of a young daughter, as you can relate to. Is your schedule free? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think story, but this, he's also got millions and millions, millions and millions of dollars. Could we see it? I want to say yes. Will we know? But it's going to be fun to think about and talk about. I'm enjoying this engagement on Twitter. I'm hoping it turns to threads. Maybe you can talk to me what threads is after the show. But <laughs> sure, that happened. Yeah, that happened this week, right? Yeah. But yeah, this will be fun to see. This will be. He beat John Cena, at WrestleMania. Grayson no, Waller? No, that no, was Austin Theory. I get those two confused sometimes. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> but if Austin Theory beat John Cena at WrestleMania, why not Grayson Waller beat The Rock at SummerSlam? Mm. I, feel so, like, I feel like The Rock know, would have to win here to shut him up. Because that's what kind of did in NXT a little bit with AJ Styles. But I feel like the Grayson Waller rub would be better if, if they're so into this guy, which I hear they are. What better way to I mean, The, the Rock? Grace, biggest star Grayson, Waller's, Grayson Waller is the real deal, I think. Yeah, personally. Absolutely. The Rock, you know, listen, if this is his, I mean, let's face it, he's in his 50s now. This could be his last match. Are we really going to do it against Grayson Waller? I don't think so. I do think we're going to see something between The Rock and Grayson Waller at SummerSlam. I don't think it's going to be an official match. I think, you know, it could be just the Grayson Waller effect and The Rock is on and it gets physical. Or, you know, it might be kind of like how Kevin Owens and Stone Cold was at WrestleMania. You know, it's more like an impromptu match. I don't necessarily see it being an official match match. If that oh, no, makes I don't sense, see, I don't see that match match. I I, I agree. What uh, quickly? What are the rules of the strike for you guys? Can this guy appear on TV? Because you no, know, W is not SAG AFTRA, but can he appear? No, TV? It's, it's so I can appear on wrestling. I can do okay. commentary on wrestling. Like, oh, you damn. know, even though it, even though it's taped and whatnot, and it's aired live, just because the fact that wrestling is non-union affiliated. Yeah. So it, it doesn't fall under really anything because it's sports entertainment. It's so unique. So you could do anything so, you want as long as it's not SAG after affiliated. Correct. Okay. Correct. Because I was reading something yes. how this strike could actually benefit wrestling since there's nothing going to be on TV that make viewers might be on more live programming wrestling. This benefits, yeah, wrestling. It benefits reality TV. It benefits documentaries. It benefits sports. You know, it it does. You know, when unfortunately, you know, with scripted content not around anymore, I mean, people are just going to go to other forms of entertainment. TikTok, you know, it will be another. Mm. Like, but yeah, to answer the question, yes, The Rock would be allowed to be at SummerSlam. John Cena would be allowed to be at SummerSlam. What's he Batista doing now? Oh, please, would be allowed. Yes, to be at SummerSlam. Please. Don't get me. Don't, you know, so don't get my hopes up. Don't get my hopes up, please. <laughs> I'll buy a ticket right now. Stephen Amell would be allowed at SummerSlam. Don't, don't follow Batista by saying Stephen Amell, the Green Arrow. <laughs> Green Ranger? Green Arrow. I love the Green, yeah. Green Arrow. I love the Green Arrow. You would. But yeah, this, this you, is you not watched it? Okay. how they're teasing this. But they had to tease it because it's on social media. Everyone's talking about it. It's trending, obviously. I don't think we'll see that transition into live TV at SummerSlam. But like I said, he's nothing to do now, so maybe. I think I think the door is open because SummerSlam, honestly, I mean, it's almost as big as WrestleMania, right? I say almost just the fact that it's just I think one step below because it's still huge. It's still a massive event. It's part of the summer, and yeah. yeah, yeah, literally. And you know, the past few years, we've been seeing them go to bigger arenas. We've been seeing them have like more surprise appearances, making it bigger, making it grander. And you know, you don't get bigger and grander than having The Rock. And I think, honestly, again, I mean, just timing of it all. Like, if they're going to do it, if they're going to have The Rock come back at WWE for a one-off, now is the time because this strike is going to last till some people are saying October, others saying till the beginning of next year. So. My friend, that is all I have for the news. I think we talked about some... Was it The Rocks something coming back at some event? And it's going to take some time to try and get in-ring shape. I think it was you. There's a difference between in-ring shape and being in shape. Mm-hmm. We're Huge. talking about like, yeah. three, four weeks, two weeks now. So it wouldn't be... I don't think, like, going back to what we were just saying, it wouldn't be a match match. It might be, like, a special surprise appearance. And like he did at WrestleMania 32 in Dallas. He had, like, a three-second match. Could be that. Yeah. Or again, it could be the Grayson Waller effect. It could be the it could be like you know, 
his show. All right. On that note, let's move into some TV. It's time for this week's TV Takedown. Marcus, a lot of stuff happened this week. Action-packed week of TV. What was trending? All right, buddy, let's start with Monday Night Raw. Hey, your boy, The Miz, again, is out there doing his thing. First win in 2023? Insane. Yeah, right? How how wild is that? We're in July right now. It's first win. But it's not necessarily about that, per se. It's more about how he won in the aftermath of this win. PW Chronicle at underscore PW Chronicle. WWE aligning The Miz and Bronson Reed against Tommaso Ciampa can only mean one thing. A DIY reunion is on the horizon. Let's fucking go. Buddy, a lot of people are pretty excited about a possible DIY reunion. Are you sold on DIY having success on the main roster? I think so. Yeah, I'm in. Talking about Shark Tank. I'm buy in on this. They're probably one of the hottest tag teams in NXT. They're a huge deal. Their breakup was also a huge deal. Catapulting them mm-hmm. to huge single success in NXT. That was before I started watching regularly. But yeah, we are just talking about the lack of tag teams a couple episodes ago. Here's another solid, well-defined, historic tag team with history behind it, I mean. So yeah, I'm, I'm kind of in on this. I'm excited about this. Give both these guys something to do. Everyone loves these guys. Everyone wants them to be on the main roster, but they're not really doing much. Let's go back to the roots. Let's do what we got. Run to the dance. Put them in a tag team, in a floundering tag team division, and see how they can excel. I'm, I'm in on this. I'm excited about it. Um, I think it'll be great for this rivalry. You know, I, th- I think it'll be a big moment at SummerSlam leading up to that, to have those two team up again together. And, of course, they would probably get the rub. They, they would win over The Miz and Bronson Reed, and they'll go over huge. But I think that's where it ends. I don't actually see this being a long-term thing, so therefore I'm out on this because, you know, like, I mean, let's face the fact. I think Tommaso is getting a better reaction from the fans than Johnny Gargano is for whatever reason. Johnny Gargano seems to be struggling with his transition to main roster. I think, honestly, I think the fans would be more into the way reuniting mm. in the main roster than than DIY. I think DIY would get, I, I think it would be short-term praise, but then anything longer than that, it, it will fizzle pretty fast. I think the way, if that happens again, I think that would be more long-term and I, I, I don't necessarily see what happens from there after this rivalry. Do they go for the tag team championship? I doubt it. If anything, maybe would it lead to a, maybe a Johnny Gargano, a Ciampa, uh, another feud? Could be. But, you know, how long can we do that again? Like, they had a huge, long feud in NXT. Can they, we really carry that into the main roster? I, I don't see that either. So, I, I don't know, man. I, I, I'm, I'm out on this. Agree to disagree? Again, like we always do. Talk about the women's division. The women are just throwing women together who aren't doing anything and forming tag teams because they, they need help in that division. The men's aren't... It's getting better, but it's not as solid. They could throw two random people together to form a tag team. Or they could throw a tag team that's well-established in NXT, a tag team that has chemistry, a team that has gotten over, a team that has pushed merch in NXT. So yeah, I, 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 I'm in. I'm excited to see where this goes. Uh, you make a good point. What happens after this rivalry? Yeah, what does happen? I think they stay the tag team and kind of take over that division. Once they ununify the belts, I think we're good. You know, I mean, they the tag team division does need help, and I think this would be a great team to do it. It just it's not too randomly throwing the guys know, together. I, it's, a, I, it's a well-established team, I, I, right? I, I just for whatever reason, I, I just don't see it happening per se. Like I, I think it seems like they may have other plans for Tommaso. I, I, I don't necessarily know what they're doing with Gargano, honestly, unless it's all just built up for this, for this moment here. And, and then I think maybe then, if anything, then SummerSlam's a test for the, for them as a team, as a unit. You know, how well do they do? How big of a reaction do they get? What's the merch sales look like? And, and then go from there. Because everyone knows they're a tag team. But uh, a running theme on the show is the main roster does not watch NXT. The majority of the show does not watch NXT. Right. So the majority of the audience on Raw does, ha, does not know these guys were a tag team. Never seen them tag team. Never seen them wrestle together. So this might be like a coming out party for them to see how they can reestablish themselves as a tag team. If they can catch a lightning in a bottle twice. 
I remember seeing him wrestle as a tag team, my first NXT show I've ever seen live in Brooklyn, and I was blown away. It was probably the best tag team match I've ever seen in my life. Wow. And they're, they're an amazing team. They're an amazing unit. And I think, you know, if for those that have never seen the team up before, I think they're in for a treat, personally. Again, I, you know, I think it's more about Gargano, unfortunately. And I, and I, I like Johnny Gargano a lot. Like, for whatever reason, I get, do, you, do you see, is it just me? Is he catching with the fans? I feel like it, for the most part, it's kind of crickets. I think it was when it came out initially, got a huge pop, and then he started a rivalry with somebody briefly, but then I think he got hurt, then he was gone for a while. Yeah. It's, it's been hot and cold, starting uh, off, starting on, on and off, on and off. So if it can be regularly on our TV, I think we can try to get the ball rolling again. The interest is there. It's like they, they, it's, they didn't call him Johnny Wrestling for nothing. I mean, the dude can go. Yeah, we've seen it before. It's just you know, it's a damn shame to see because again, I like Johnny Gargano a lot. I want to see him succeed. I think he, I think he's got a huge ceiling. But I, for whatever reason, I, I guess maybe it is injuries. I don't know. It's just not clicking. He can't get any momentum. And hopefully, this will be his chance to shine. But I, I, I think it really depends on the fans' reaction to it. Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. Right, we I could say the same thing. Like after this bloodline rivalry, what's next? Where mm-hmm. do they where do they go from here? They won the it's championships. Still a big pop. They're now they're defending those titles against the Imperium and some other team on uh, SmackDown. I think some coming up. So th- there's opportunities for DYI to extend and climb the ladder in the tag team division, which is kind of being reestablished, but also floundering at the same time. Right. Well. It looks like that's going to be the match at SummerSlam for them. But moving on, Putty, to NXT. Here we go. About time. Braun, Braun Breaker was trending quite a bit with his oh. match that he had. Very impressive. He had a hell of a spear, by the way. That was probably one of the best spears I've ever seen. But Ben at uh, WrestlePlace? Let's go with that. Out of everyone in NXT, I'd say Braun Breaker is most likely to become a world champion. He's got pretty much everything at such a young age. And yeah, he is still very young. What do you think, Putty? Is Braun Breaker a future world champion on the main roster? Yes. He's a five, world champion. Five-tool player. He'll definitely get there. Not, I'm not saying he's going to be there in the next two, three years. Of course not. But I, in the long term, I could see him. Shawn Michaels came out with this week or last week saying... He feels Braun Breaker and Carmelo Hayes are main event main eventers for WrestleMania down the road. That's a big statement. Uh, I definitely agree. Statement. Definitely agree. Braun Breaker is everything you want in a wrestler that we want in a wrestler. Everything Vince McMahon wants in a wrestler. Everything Triple H is looking for in a wrestler. His promos aren't the greatest, but they're that's, still, that's they're still good. Uh, he could probably benefit from a like Paul Heyman, but he doesn't need one. Mm. I think it works for NXT. Just like we've seen many times before over the years of like successful people from NXT that we thought was going to be a big deal in the main roster and then it wasn't. I think Braun Breaker, as good as he is, I don't necessarily know. I mean, Shawn Michaels, it's hard to go against Shawn Michaels, you know, because he's Shawn Michaels. But, you know, Shawn Michaels also, he's got an emotional attachment to these people, you know, because he's training them. He's there with them all the time. He's, he's boys with them. And... and, and you know, he's molding them along the way. He's like a parent. You know, of course he loves them. But, you know, like, it's different. It's a different world in the main roster. We know that. And Braun Breaker, you just hit it on the head. His promo skills are not that great. They're serviceable. They're serviceable. Excuse me. Picketing all day. Serviceable on NXT. But to get to a main event WrestleMania level? No, 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 no. I think he, I think I, you said before he would need a Paul Heyman if Paul Heyman's still around at that point. You know, he would need a manager if he's going to be at that level. But like there's something missing, I think. There's something as a heel, as a heel it would work. I think for Ron Breaker. He's much better as a heel. I don't th- I don't think the dude can ever be a face. Like it just it just doesn't work. It was not clicking. Carmelo Hayes, I see, for sure. But the, the question isn't about Carmelo Hayes. The question is about Braun Breaker. World champion. I see mid-card champion at best. I don't see world champion. Okay. Can't argue with that. I disagree. I, I see everyone in that system fully behind this guy. 
and they're willing to push him to the moon. I see it in the near future. Do you think because he's a Steiner? Is that the case? Because, like, you know, there, no. there seems to be some prefer, pre- some preferential treatment for second-generation or third-generation wrestlers. Uh, do you think that has any play to it? I don't think so. I don't think so. Because when he first came out, they didn't reference his lineage. It was only when they got into no, the Hall you... of Fame that they even mentioned it. Right. But even with that, though, I mean, there, there still seems to be some sort of, you know, special treatment. So nowadays... After WrestleMania weekend, they kind of want to dis- distance themselves from Rick Steiner. So, I don't see that True. being a factor here. I think it True. might have been in the beginning, but he's like, much like Charlotte Flair, he has won everybody over. No, again, NXT, though. Main roster is a different beast. You know, I, I thought, listen, we talked in the show about Karrion Cross. remember? From NXT, like, we thought he was going to be a huge deal in the main roster. Mm-hmm. I thought he was going to explode, and... Honestly, it really hasn't worked that well. I mean, he's been released once. Yeah, that hurt the moment. Came back. Yeah, hurt him a lot. Came back. Came back in a big way, actually. Mm-hmm. And it's just still, like, it's not hitting. I like his segments, but, like, you know, I'm in a minority in that category. You know, it, it seems like a lot of people are not too thrilled when he's on TV <laughs> for whatever reason. And, like, you know, that's one example. You know, but there are so many other examples of that, like, you know, wrestlers that were hot in NXT that we thought was going to be a big deal, and they just weren't. Like, Ron Breaker, I don't see him being any better than any of those people that we mentioned. In NXT. He's good in NXT. His promos are good in NXT. His matches are good in NXT. You could say that about anybody in NXT. I think you're putting him in a corner here. No, but it's the, the problem is, like, Grayson Waller, for example... Because he has that it factor. That, that's why, like, you know, I say Grayson Waller, he's that guy. I think he's the real deal. And that, that shined a lot in NXT because it wasn't just his wrestling ability. It was his character. It was his charisma. It was how he, how he cut a promo. Like, it was all very professional. It was all polished and ready for a main event. I think Grayson Waller will be a world champion before Braun Breaker is. See, I don't see Grayson Waller world champion material. Wow! Really? I like him. I want him to be. I just don't think the machine is behind him being like a face of the company. I don't. I don't see that. Unfortunately, because I, I like him, I wish he would. Why do you say that? I just don't know. I don't know. I can't put my finger on. It. I can't really verbate it. Uh, just uh, there's something about him. I just don't feel is clicking with the hires ups that would give him the torch to be like, hey, here, here's the keys to the kingdom. They- his first match on SmackDown was against Edge. Yeah. And then Edge afterwards given order to say, like, yeah. you swam. Okay. That's huge. That, I, I'm agreeing with you. I just how, don't. But how, how, how would a, how a power just to be not, just not for just him? About, I don't see him being a world champion. Ah, I disagree, my friend. Of course I don't do. think he's the guy to beat. I don't think he's the guy to beat Roman Reigns. But, mm-hmm. like, you know, hey, there's another championship out there. You know, like, yeah. he could realistically beat Seth Rollins. Not right now, but then he could beat Finn Balor. He could beat anyone on Raw, probably. I mean, so long as Roman Reigns is a champion, I don't see Grayson Waller beating him there on, on SmackDown. But, you know, I, I, again, I'm doubling down on this. I see Grayson Waller being a champion before Braun Breaker. But we have to move on here, Putty. Going on to AEW. So, we had a big debut on AEW this past week. Did you see about this? Yep. Nick Wayne. Young kid, man. Crazy young. Pro Wrestling Finesse at Pro W Finesse. Nick Wayne has been introduced to the AEW audience brilliantly. It's scary to see how good he is at the age of 18. I do agree with that assessment of how good he is. Yeah, he's a pretty decent matchup there, too. Uh, took the L. Not too surprised there. Prince Nana, good showing from him. Of course, as always. But what what are the expectations for Nick Wayne and AEW, buddy? Um, see what happens. Throw him to the wall. Mm. See if he sticks. Did a package a couple weeks ago about his history, about his father and his relationship with Darby Allen. Apparently, he's a big name in the Indies. They gave him a huge goodbye at the Mecca at GCW this couple days ago for his birthday. We just turned eighteen. Just turned eighteen. That's insane. 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 What was I doing when I was 18? Ugh, nothing. 
right? I was going to college, CW Post. What's up? That's not a plug. That's not a cool plug. No, it's not. Yeah. It's really not. <laughs> I don't have any expectations for him. Let's just see what happens. Again, AEW is so overcrowded with talent. They have three shows now. Okay, see where he fits in. Yeah, I mean, like, two Although, things can be Going true, back to man. our Braun Breaker thing, I don't haven't heard him even talk or cut a promo, so I don't know if he's good at that either. I'm sure people do know about it. I don't. But that will factor in when you hear him talk, too. So two things can be true at the same time, right? Nick Wayne can be good, can be electrifyingly good at such a scary young age of 18, and he's only going to get better from here, right? We can both agree on that. I think everyone can agree with that. Mm-hmm. But what's the expectation for AEW? for how well he's going to do in this promotion when it's oversaturated with talent and they're kind of squandering around with three different TV shows trying to figure that out. Four, technically, right? ROH, would you consider it four? Oh, yeah, I guess so, yeah. Right? So four. I mean, they, they kind of have a set roster there, but people come in and out. I don't know. It's weird. Who knows? But who knows? I, I don't know, man. Like The thing is, like I, I don't necessarily think he... It's guaranteed for him to have success. The fact that he's so damn good is not equate to him having success. Do we know how long this contract is? No clue. No clue, right? Like he he's still crazy young, right? He, it's so that's got to play a factor in, into the backstage in the locker room, right? As far as like you know how he's going to mesh with with the guys and the girls back there, you know, could, could he like I don't know him personally, right? So I could be way off on this. Like you know, is the fact that he's so good at such a Young age go to his head, and now is he like you know, you know, big fish in a big pond type of scenario? He's just going from GCW having all the success in the indies, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Now he's going to the big leagues. Does he think he's so damn good? And like they're gonna, you know, hey, you're in the big leagues now. Cut the attitude. Is it going to be something like that? Like there's a lot of stuff in play here that could rock him. You know, it's it's kind of like I equate to NFL, right? How many times have we seen? A great quarterback from the pros, uh, from I'm sorry, from college, go to the pros and not do well, or wind up being a backup quarterback, or wind up squandering around, right? Like how many times do we see that, buddy? More often than not, yeah. More often than not, well said. I hope that's not the case for Nick Wayne, right? Like you know, I want him to succeed. I think we all want him to succeed. It just, like, I think the people that um. I think people are, are a lot to say it's a lock for him to be like, you know, the man over there. I, I think I, I would say the same thing that I would say to the Jets fans saying it's a lock. The Jets going to win the Super Bowl. Relax. You know, let, let's see how it plays out. He's good. But let's see how he develops here. And if he can cement himself in roster because Nick Wayne, I mean, he's just a guy. I mean, do, do we know anything about his character? I, I haven't heard him cut a promo either. Like, is he just getting by and just how good he is in the ring? Like, I think there needs to be more for him to stand out because I think at this point, you know, everyone's good in the ring in AEW. America's got talent. A lot of people give that show crap on that show because it doesn't seem like it's so much based on talent. It's based on the story the producers convey on their video packages before they perform. Uh, Ah, yes. There was a young girl who was a great singer. Was she better than the other contestants? No. But her father passed away. She was raised here and going blah, 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 whole sob story week in and week out. Don't be like an asshole. But they're pushing this guy's father passed away at a young age. That's his character. His father passed away. So let's... That's the story. He's a fatherless child. That's his character right now. Who loved wrestling? He's a second generation, third generation. So let's see what character he can develop from this. Because I didn't see much of a character there at all. Except that he's wrestling because honor his father. Which is cool. But that's not going to give you a title opportunity so let's see him develop some sort of character and it's too soon to tell for me i'm reserving my judgment i have no expectations for this kid yet i don't know what to expect he crash and burn in a couple weeks i hope he doesn't like like, i'm I'm gonna say i hope this guy succeeds he was impressive he's a generational talent um second generation talent let's see where it goes but i just don't have any expectations Listen, like how Paulo Abdul was in American Idol, like, you know, I, I'm the same way for, for wrestling. I want every wrestler to succeed, you know, because I'm a big believer, you know, following your dreams. And all these guys and girls, uh, you know, they're following their dreams, you know, and, and I want them all to eat. I want them all to succeed. You know, I just, I, I just think, like, I think the knock more so is about AEW with just how much talent they have 
and they really have hardly let go. I feel like they they sign more talent than they let go. Of. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like you know, Brian Pillman Jr. was just his contract just expired, right? And he's so damn good. Like it, it, he was hot for a moment, and then all of a sudden, nothing. You know, so like you know, that's an example of what could happen. Just just because of the fact that you have so many people in that roster with such little time and trying to figure out which show is which and, and how to figure out how to separate each show. Like, it's just... Does having one of the air quotes here, pillars, behind him definitely benefits him? That does benefit him. For now, we shall see. Listen, rooting for Nick Wayne. Let's go. Hopefully, hopefully he proves us all wrong here. But moving on, Putty, to... What do we got here? SmackDown. Going over to SmackDown, buddy. Lots of stuff happened. It was a good SmackDown, I thought. Was it? I felt the opposite. I it was okay really? Sm- I thought it was an okay SmackDown. I feel like a lot, of bit, a lot happened there, but let's get right into it. Jay Uso was pretty much main event Jay here. Uh, he was trending quite a bit. Just Alex at Just Alex Central. Excellent segment with Jay Uso, Paul Heyman, and Solo Sokoa. Jay has truly grown into his own these uh, these last three years. Both as an in-ring talent and on the microphone, the crowd popped hard when he superkicked Heyman. Great way to build him for SummerSlam. Hashtag SmackDown. Totally agree there. I thought it was a good segment. But, Putty, you know, there's a lot of momentum behind Jey Uso. Third time's a charm. Could it be? Can Jey Uso pull off an upset? Roman uh, Gets Roman Reigns at SummerSlam? No. Okay. No. You're, yeah. Not at all. Too Go soon. on. Too soon. To t- too soon. He's, he's not the guy. He's not so the guy. 0-3. He's going to go 0-3. Yeah. Seth Rollins went 0-3 against uh, Cody Rhodes. He's champion now. Not a knock. He's just going to go 0-3 against Roman Reigns, yes. I don't see him. The title's changing hands here. Too soon. It's... And I feel wait, weird. Wait, I feel wait, weird wait, what's too soon, though? What's too soon? What do you mean They just soon? turned on him a month ago. Two months ago now? Two months ago now. Two yeah. months well, ago. This is only the second match. Roman Reigns is never there. By the way, I hate when they say, oh, we're turning this smack down, Roman Reigns. He was just there last week, dude. Two months is a return. Two, a week is a week off, assholes. Don't fucking no. Uh, don't get me started. But yeah, no, I just don't think Jimmy Jimmy J. Well, shout out to him. Jey Uso is the guy to beat Roman Reigns. I like I like what they're doing. Love the Uso is my favorite tag team. It's just I don't see this story ending here with him beating Roman at SummerSlam. How does that story end though? You I know, know, like what what happens to to Jimmy and Jay after this. I feel like the story they're setting up is Solo is the guy. Yeah, but Solo could be the guy. Solo's also young. Solo could be the guy years from now. To beat Roman Reigns, I mean. To be the tribal chief, the head of the table. This is what the story's about. Championship, no. It's just being head of the table, running the family. I think Solo's that honestly, guy. Honestly, I don't see Solo being the guy. <sighs> okay, why not? I don't see Solo being the guy at all. Of course you don't. Because I said, I said he was. You have to disagree with me. Please. No, it's Flores, not even Flores. a matter of that. It's 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 not even a matter of that. I just I haven't seen enough from Solo yet to to make me think like this is the guy that could be the tribal chief. This is the guy that could be a world champion. This is the guy that could be the face of the franchise. I haven't seen that from Solo yet. You see, I think Solo's doing a good job as an enforcer. I think he's a great enforcer. But you've seen great Grayson enforcer, Waller. Grayson Waller, you've seen it. Absolutely, okay. I see Grayson Waller. I don't necessarily, I don't, I don't necessarily know about Grayson Waller being face of the franchise per se. Like, you know, you can be a champion and not be face of the franchise, a la Seth Rollins, a la Shawn Michaels in the nineties. Like, you, that that can be true. But like, I see Grayson Waller being a, like, you know, a champion at the very least. Okay. But hey, man, I, listen, we've been wrong before. You know, I didn't necessarily think <laughs> Roman Reigns had the charisma. I didn't necessarily see Roman Reigns having the charisma to be, you know, this guy right now years ago. But here we are. Roman Reigns is the guy. He's 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 in God mode. I think we can all agree on that. But uh, Jay Uso, I mean, listen, I agree with everything that just Alex said. Right? Jay Uso is doing a phenomenal job. He's grown quite a bit. I I want to see it happen. I, I want to listen. He just panned Roman Reigns at Money in the Bank. That was huge. Did you see that happening, Bunny? I felt like something that was going to happen. Yeah, I, I could. I've seen it happening. I wouldn't have predicted it happening, but I could see it happening. Yes. Because it was it was a non-title match. It was a tag team. Roman Reigns gets pinned. Okay, that sets up SummerSlam main event. But it was also Roman Reigns' first time being pinned since Baron Corbin pinned him three and a half years ago. Yeah, which sets it up perfectly. Yes. See, see what I did there? See what I did there for you? No, I don't. I don't see what you're talking about. I, I mentioned Baron Corbin beat Roman Reigns. Yeah. I, I, I put over your boy right there. That's that's what I did for you. Oh, so you gave me a pity shout out? 
Thanks. I did give you a pity shout out. You're welcome. What a dick. <laughs> <laughs> but no, real talk. Like, okay. Jay Uso, I mean, like, that sets up something huge right here. I mean, like, SummerSlam is a big deal. So, so too soon, not too soon, whatever you want to talk about there. I, I don't, I still really under, don't understand that being too soon. I mean, we've just been setting up for years now. Okay. Like, if you want to finish the storyline, like, it starts with Jay Uso and, and Roman Reigns, and you can finish off with Jay Uso and Roman Reigns at SummerSlam. Like, again, we talked about before being one of the biggest events of the year, the biggest event of the summer. Like, if Roman Reigns is going to lose at any point, that would be a great way to lose it. Would it not? He's not losing at SummerSlam. So you're still locked in. It's going to be against Cody Rhodes, WrestleMania 40. Oh, no. I don't know when he's losing. I'm not thinking that long-term <laughs> booking. I'm just going <laughs> short-term booking. He's not losing. He's not walking out of Detroit without a belt around his waist. He's not. I mean, he's got, he's, got other, he's got two other belts. You know, Paul Heyman's. Yeah, but if he loses you know. that one, he loses all three of them. So, I mean. Don't, I don't, I don't, just don't, this is not the moment. Maybe Jay is the guy. This isn't the moment. Let me rephrase my answer to that question. This isn't the moment. Do you see Jay Uso being world champion at all? Is he at that caliber? Is he at that level right now? He's like, yes, he's improved quite a bit, as just Alex mentioned before. But do you see Jay Uso at this point being, you know, world champion material? I want to say yes, because I like I said I would love the Usos, but I want to say yes based on this storyline. Once the storyline is over, let's see his positioning on the card. I hope he stays in the main event. It's in his name. But can he retain that? One, he's just now Jay Uso, not a member of the bloodline, not head of the table, tribal chief, fighting for that. Can he retain this momentum once this storyline is on and he's all on his own? If he can, yeah, th- then yes. That's 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 the biggest thing here. Like, how does this necessarily wrap up? How does this end? Because if Roman Reigns does beat Jay Uso clean, which I don't think would be the case, like you know, you have Solo there. Yes, yeah, Jimmy. Clean. Jimmy would probably come back some shape or form, right? Uh, next week they're declaring the rules of engagement, so I don't know what that means. So it probably means some sort of specialty match. Of course, you have Paul Heyman, so it's not going to be clean. Does this lead to Survivor Series? Does this storyline keep playing out? Because they're on the same card. Like It's not just going to wrap up nice and clean. Jay, Jay goes on his way, and Roman goes that way. I, I don't necessarily see that happening, right? No, the story's not over. The story's not over yet. It, it's it, One would have to think it's a long story. I hope Jay years, also wins. Enough, but yeah. <laughs> Are you done with it? No, I'm not. I'm okay. enjoying it. What else is there? Same. What the storyline right now is this captivating? In any any promotion, uh, I like I like MJF and Adam Cole, but that's a whole other topic. But that's how awesome are those guys I... together? I'm just loving I'm just loving them. They've won. Did I over. not say it a couple weeks ago? Did I not say a couple weeks ago this could be a thing? Why are you yelling into the microphone? Because I'm um, excited. The way just to see MJF <laughs> act as a face and like getting over as a baby face and like embracing it, not being him, him mocking and just mimicking him. It's just. It's, it's still kind of heelish. It's it, wonderful. It's like face. It's very Daniel Bryan Kane esque, but like so much better. And we talked about that before. Yeah. I, I think it, it's it's playing out exactly, pretty much how I thought it was going to play out. I think it's awesome. Uh, but that's all we have for TV, putty. Quickly, how great is this Baron Corbin promos? Oh, I forgot who I'm talking to. And it was listening to me. This Baron Corbin promos. He's throwing away, burning all the relics of his past. And now he's starting a brand new Baron Corbin. What is this going to be? Tune into NXT. So excited about this. Cannot wait for my boy's next chapter. He's. You know what? Uh, you know what? I'm, I'm going to piggyback off this. We're talking about Baron Corbin. You know what's really exciting about Baron Corbin right now? Here it is. Wow, well, well, I'm digging. What? He's a good. Sh- he's a good chef, man. I've oh, seen yeah. his stuff on TikTok. He's, he's, he's good. doing good shit. But but Chef Reactions is owning his ass, and I'm digging it. Apparently, Chef Reactions is going to be a SummerSlam. I wonder if Baron Corbin is as well. I mean, this has kind of been a thing going back and forth on TikTok. Lots of views, lots of numbers there. Are they going to have a cook-off at SummerSlam? That would be awesome. That's, that's what I'm into with Baron Corbin right now. You know, I get, I get like five minutes to speak what I want to speak, and you have to, like, bogart it. It's fucking so awesome how it's everything about you. You're on strike. You get the attention stuff to be on Mark Schwann. Here, party. here's like five minutes to talk about what you want to talk about. Oh, let me, like, let me just hijack it. Thanks. Thanks, brother. Preach. But waiting like five days to talk about my man Baron Corbin. I'm sorry, like 15 days because we were off last week. 
But no, my time's now, my time's up. Now we're out of time. Thank you so much for this. Really, really appreciate this. So I guess we just move on now. Thanks. It's time for the three count. You heard that right, folks. Since there wasn't too much trending this week, we're bringing back an old favorite, the three count. For those of you not familiar, me and Mark Schwann pick a topic and count our three favorites of said topic. Not what we think is the best. It's our own personal favorites on said subject. So, Mark Schwann, you ready to dust the rust off and get back into this? All right, man. Let's let's get after it. Let's go with our top three favorite finishers of all time. Only three. Mark Schwann, the floor is yours. All right. So, we start off with three, of course, right? Um, I'm going to go with the Lion Tamer. Like, the, the OG Lion Tamer from Chris Jericho. Not the Walls of Jericho. But, dude, I, there was something about it when he... When he would do, it, especially when it was like rare when he did it, when he was with WWE, when he leaned back with the ne- with the knee on the dude's neck or behind their head, oh, such a brutal move. I feel like there's like no getting out of it. When I first saw CM Punk get out of it, I popped because that was just I'd never seen it before. It, it's just such an effective move, dude. And it, it was something like you know, if like I said to myself, I became a wrestler, I want to put that in my arsenal. Okay, and have you? When you, you have a creator wrestler and that's your finishing move, I mean, like I I've done some backyard wrestling in my earlier days, and I have done the move. Yes, I can say the same thing about my three, the sharpshooter, very similar move. Okay, it's one of the first wrestling moves I ever mastered just by looking at it. No one told me how to do it. We just oh, watching it for what fifteen years, you pick, you pick stuff up. So when during our backyard wrestling, when me and Greenman would wrestle on the quad of our college campus, that was my, one of my go-to moves. When I create a wrestler, I need a submission move. That's my go-to submission move. Just such an iconic submission move created by such legends as the Hart family. Like, it's you see other right. moves by other people, but they give it different names. There's no different names. And Jericho Jericho's also in that, right? He was, he was, in the, he was uh, one of the last students, yeah. Yeah. So I wonder if that's where he picked up the Lion Tamer from there. Moderate. It's a modified version of it, yeah. Probably. Yeah. The Boston Crab Actually, structure. you know, so my move actually wasn't the Lion Tamer. It was a um, combination of the Sharpshooter and the Lion Tamer. I, I would put, I would start off Sharpshooter style and then I would lean back like the Lion Tamer. Okay, That's yeah. what I did. Yeah, it's great. Such, a, such an iconic move. One of my favorites. My two of the fit best, Owen and uh, Owen and Brett. Beautiful. Many have tried to replicate it since. No disrespect to The Rock. Can't pull it off. Yeah, uh, no, The Rock had a bad sharpshooter. I think he even admits that. He did several times. <laughs> go on number two, right? Uh, I'm going to go with the RKO. Okay. From where? Especially where, when from Randy where? Orton Out of nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's that's what's so special about it. Because it was one of those cool moves. That's what was so special about it. It was one of those cool moves that you could just do out of nowhere. Uh, you know, we've seen DDP do it. We've seen Bully Ray do it. They do it fine. They do it well. But like, it's just something the way that RKO, the, uh, the way Randy Orton did it. It's not the same because I think it's just the fact that Randy Orton, he's just a natural athlete. Yeah, he's he's more athletic than both those guys for sure. And, and like the fact that like you know the, the style of how he does it, you know all the different types of variations of we've seen of the RKO has just been phenomenal. I mean, hell, it was trending at one point in Vine. Remember that. Yes. <laughs> so I mean, like it goes to show, like what a cool move it is. It's, I think it's it's a rare move that has transcended wrestling. And it's crazy how I've seen DDP do it. I've seen other people try to do it, but he said there's not there's something missing. I think I saw DDP do it a couple times. He like takes the guy's neck and they both fall down. Yeah. But the way Randy Orton just like jumps, gives yeah, it more, it's like, a jump. It's a little subtle little things. Like he he's in midair too. Boom, gives it more. And oomph, instead of just like ramming some guy's head into a mat. And it's just so random how you just like, I remember there was a point when I stopped watching wrestling, right? And like, I don't know what got me back into it. And I was just catching up, and there's this Randy Orton guy that like people were talking about. And so I was watching clips of it. There's RKO. I was just going down a rabbit hole of YouTube. And one of the, co- the coolest things I've ever seen at that point was seeing him versus Undertaker where he. Uh, versus a choke slam into an RKO. I was like, dude, this guy's fucking awesome. Yeah. <laughs> it's a great move. And an icon- like I said, it's a move that we've seen many a times from other people, but he made it his own. It just, like I said, transcends. It's amazing. Great pick. And that was going to be my pick, too. Until, mm. like, I changed it mid, mid, right before you spoke, I changed it for some reason. I do not know why. 
but I changed it. I'm happy I did. There's this move. I don't know about how big into wrestling video games you like or playing, but it's always fun to like just jump off the top rope, especially in video games. Okay. There's something so masterfully, beautifully done, and it's such a simple, simple move. It should not be in my top three, but it is the flying elbow at the top rope. A flying elbow? Okay. The way, Ma- the, the way Macho Man just did it is like poetry in motion, dude. Like, like we've seen, I talked to, talk to you about it, I talked to Green Man about it. Like, you see, see, see guys like CM Punk who do it absolutely horribly, which means it's not an easy move to do. It's not an easy move to execute. It's easy to jump to the top rope and land on an elbow, but you, got, you put your body in the right position, your legs in the right Shawn position. Michaels, Shawn Michaels is a nice one. Yeah, a nice, snug one. Yeah. Shawn Michaels is great. Bailey's is great. Again, there's other well, people. Macho Man's was. There's other people who have been doing it, and it's weird to say there's like an elbow from because also it was in the 80s and early 90s when moves like this were fatalities. Electrifying. Yeah. It's just someone, it's just, as a kid, I remember seeing him fly from the top rope, hit that perfectly. Well, he, just, he's oh. the one that had like, he's the one that had so much stuff, right? He was yeah. he'd just going to the top like this, right? He put the arms up. Put the arms up, to pick his up, point to the sky, get a crowd's reaction, like pose and do a, the showmanship. Yeah. Yeah, it was just, and then that—that's like, the thing that—that's what separates, you know, someone's signature move from someone else doing it. It's just the showmanship behind it, making it your own. And Ro- Macho Man made it his own. Well, CM Punk tried to do that, but like when you see him flying, like his body's all dis- disordered. Like his legs are flapping around. Like he's not—he's not tight. Like Macho Man kept everything tight and perfect. It was just as a kid, I always loved that move. I still use that in wrestling video games today, but not my final finisher. But it's very, very effective. Okay. So let's go with number one, man. Let's, uh, I want to hear what your number one is. And from now, uh, my number one, it, it's a simple move nowadays. I think everyone's doing it. But there was one person that I always pop for. And I think we all pop for if we ever see him do it. It's Shawn Michaels' sweet chin music. It's just a super kick. That's all it is. Yep. But again, the showmanship behind it, sweet chin music is different than you know, the Nitro Blast or Dolph Ziggler's super kick or insert indie wrestler's super kick here. The, the sweet chin music was always beautiful, especially when he did a heel turn. <laughs> that's yeah. that's that's that was. It's the perfect move for him. It was a oh, perfect yeah. finisher. Perfect perfection. I, I, I was so glad when he got away from the teardrop suplex and made that finally his finish move because it, it should have been ever since. You know he turned to Marty Jannetty. Yeah, but true. You know <laughs> because everyone is still like I think every modern day wrestling fan they, they always equate. Switching music to Shawn Michaels, but like that wasn't always his finish move. It was just like a regular move of his arsenal, and it eventually became his finish move. Often duplicated, it's never quite the same. Uh, often replicate. Right? What's the saying? Same thing. I'm tired. Yeah. yeah, you know what I mean. No one else can do it the way Shawn Michaels did. It's to the point where there was a bank robbery somewhere. Yes, and the man charged in, and the headlines were: "Guy foiled bank robberies and Shawn Michaels super kick." Not anybody else super kick. Not Young Bucks. Not Dolph Ziggler's. No, it was Shawn Michaels super kick finisher move. Like you said, going back to the RKO, it transcends him. It's his move. Yes, absolutely. And, you know, I think that's why so many wrestlers do it. Is I think every wrestler, especially in indie level, you know, you hear about either Jeff Hardy or you hear Shawn Michaels the most, mm-hmm. right? Uh, like, you know, who they want to be. And, you know, I, I think... You know, it's nice to see, you know, the super kick still used as a homage, but I think it's overdone. No one can do it the same way Shawn Michaels says. I, I think Johnny Nitro, or whatever you want to call him now, like uh, Johnny Wrestling TV. Yeah. Like, he had a nice one. Don't get me wrong, but not not quite the same. I think Billy Gunn has a nice one, too. But it's not the same. It's just not the same. I mean, you said it's oversaturated now. The super kick, the sweet chain music. Got that name, by the way, doing his rivalry with Jeff Jarrett, our boy Jeff Jarrett. That's where the sweet chin music came around. But it's oversaturated. It's not a finishing move anymore. Going back no. to, we talked about it, I think, a couple of years ago. DDP- oh, Heyman just got up from it, for Christ's sake. <laughs> True. Jake Roberts is <laughs> saying how DDP was a move that he invented. Now that was light, lights out. Now all of a sudden, it's just yeah. stuck in the DDT. And that's how I feel. The super kick is a DDT, you're right. And that's what I think about the, the super kick now. It's just so oversaturated. And that is unfortunately why I cannot pick it as my number one. That is my favorite move. That's one of my favorite moves. Again, it goes to him. It's him. Wrestling it's with- how he did it. 
wrestling with friends and stuff, I picked that move up. That was my finishing move up when I was wrestling. Well, quote unquote wrestling. <laughs> me and yeah, Greenman, we, we me, weren't really wrestling. Me and Greenman had a, a wrestling match in the cafeteria of our student union at Queens College, and I hit him with the super kick. And to this moment, a moment I will never forget, a very good friend of mine jumped up out of the seat with his eyes bugging out. He was, holy shit, you just, you just fucking kicked him in the face. Is he okay? And he runs up to the green man. Are you okay? Like, he sold it. I did the slap perfectly. It was just perfectly timed. One of my favorite moments oh, of the super kick. I remember I'll never that's forget. Awesome. It was it just, love that move. But that's why I can't pick it as my number one because it's oversaturated. The move that is lights out is a move that... Baron Corbin was talking to about his end of days. When he hits end of days, lights out. No one kicks out of it. Mm-hmm. It's no a cool move. Nobody kicks out of the tombstone. When Troll Michaels did it at WrestleMania 25, it was what just happened? I think one other person kicked out of it. Tombstone was lights out. He hits that, you're done. You're mort. Bye bye. Tombstone is just that's his. It's still called a tombstone pile driver. It's not called a pile driver. It's not called any variation of a pile driver. It's the tombstone pile driver because of the Undertaker. I think that move is iconic. It's done, and just because of the fact that nobody kicks out of it, and he he, it he does it so smooth, does it so smooth. Yeah. Like you know, even like I mean, even today, I mean, the pile driver is still banned in WWE, but like even during that period, he was still in WWE when the pile driver was like a banned move, and they still allowed him to do it because Tombstone is a form of pile driver. They just weren't allowed to call it pile mm-hmm. driver anymore. It's still the same thing. It's probably even worse, you know, because of the fact that like you know, first reverse. The knees, uh, the head's tucked in between the knees, pretty much, or right above the knees. And, and Undertaker made it look like, you know, every single time that person's head was hitting the mat. Yeah. But he was so protected. Like, I feel like Kane wasn't as smooth. I mean, he got better. Kane did a tombstone. Yeah. It got better over time, but, like, it, it was so clear. Like, the, the head the head was never near the mat. Like, it was like, seen, oh, dude, okay. And I've seen pile drivers, too, where it, it looks scary, it looks dangerous. I understand why it is banned. Yes. And you know the Undertaker doing it, like you said, just the way his now there's a it's belly to belly, the guy can lift his head up into the crotch area to protect it from the hit. So we know it's happening, but it just makes it look so much better. Not because right. it's he, just uh, it he, flawless. He was he's so smooth when he did it, man. Like if like even Sting was all right, had an all right tombstone, but like nobody compares. There was a reason why Kane got away from the Tombstone, right? There was a reason why True. Kane's move came well, over said, the chokes. I didn't think about that. His, his Tombstone was just not as good. Like, how many times did you see, like, you know, the dude's head was, like, up here? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and when you think of that, you, know, like, you think of Undertaker, and that makes it more iconic to me. Yeah. Like, Shawn Michaels. You're kicks. right. It's him. Every time it was lights out, I, I think Shawn Michaels was probably the first person to really kick out, and we we're just like, holy shit. I think there was somebody else, because Undertaker told Baron Corbin that. End of days should be protected. Protect that move. We've talked about it a couple times in the past. So nobody ever kicked out end of days. So when somebody did it like a year or two ago at WrestleMania, it was a big deal. That was the first and only time anybody kicked out of his finishing move. I think it was Drew McIntyre, right? Yes, thank you. But that's what Undertaker, he got this advice from the Undertaker. Protect your move. And Undertaker protect his finisher better than anybody in this business. Any move, anybody, any promotion. That tombstone was it. Well done, buddy. I want to give just a quick shout out, though, honorable mention to the Razor's Edge. One of that the was on coolest as well. yes. moves. One of the coolest moves. Yeah. And you don't really see anyone else do it. Seamus started off doing it a little bit. Not Seamus does the, it. Celtic Cross. Celtic Cross. It's all right. Not as good, but it's not like the way. Again, the showmanship that Razor Ramon had when he did it. So, and it's also, it was unique. I never saw that before before him. I'm sure we have seen really it, see, but still don't really see it. And uh, I saw, I think Shame, I think it was somebody else randomly did it. But Seamus is the one guy I think of who adopted it as his own, but gave it a different name. Again, though, short lived. Like, obviously, transferred to the uh, broke kick for a reason. But it's also not his finishing move anymore. He still uses it, no. but it's a, a signature move. Going back to video game speak. It's his signature it's, move. It's very, it's very rare. I, I can't remember the last time he's used it. But he doesn't hit it that often. Yeah. When he hits it, it's a big deal. But he doesn't hit yeah. it that often. And he changed the name of it, going back to uh, the Tombstone or the Super Kick. That's Shawn Michaels stuff. Sweet Chain Music. How the hell is Scott Hall? I mean, I know he was like 287 pounds, but that's like he's, he's really holding the person up there. It's not his finishing move either, but uh, Damon Priest uses it, but he calls it the Razor's Edge. Which I like that, that he keeps it the name in honor to one of his right. heroes. 
and that was that's just, that's such a fucking cool move too, man. Oh, it's it's a cool move. You have to have phenomenal strength to do it. I don't think it's enough credit, but that's yeah, that's my top three with an honorable mention. Also, love the uh, angle slam by the way, flawless, smooth, boom. And how can you forget the pedig- pedigree? We can talk all night about this, but anyway, let's move on. My friend, any go home thoughts for you, dude? I have to give a shout out to Shotzi Blackheart. You know, for you know, we saw her shave her head on SmackDown. Hell of a promo. Didn't see right? that coming. Yeah. Found out it's to support her sister who was diagnosed with cancer. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah. Okay. So she's doing solidarity with her. I was wondering why. I, I think that's, that's, that's whatever iconic. Her hair is iconic. That's her. Right. So that makes I think sense. that's that's amazing. That's beautiful what she did there. I, I, I had to give a shout out to that. I mean, that, that was trending at the end of the night. Uh, about that, but you know, of course, you know, we're not going to we're not going to have a debate topic about that because I think we could agree that's a beautiful. What a bitch! Your, what a bitch! You're like, yeah, I can't. We none of us can say that. Take that stance. Yeah, yeah no, 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 no one could do that because, like, you know, it, because it's not just a promo anymore. It's not just a segment. It, it's real. Yeah. I was wondering you know, why it's, it's that. personal. No, it makes sense. Good, good for her. Yeah, I, I think. Yeah, again, a beautiful thing that she did there. Much love to her sister. Hopefully, uh, you know, she can recover. So shout out uh, to uh, you know, cancer's a bitch. Megan Morant, SmackDown backstage correspondent. There was a WWE employee. I forgot the name offhand. I don't know if it was released. Needed a kidney. She went for testing and found out she's a match. I didn't know this. But the employee found a kidney from somebody else. So since she was a match and went to the testing already, she donated her kidney anyway to some random person. Not the fuck up. Are you serious? Yeah. So my like, wow. wow. I read the story, I think, Thursday. And they touched upon it tonight on uh, the Corey Graves podcast, After the Bell. They gave her some love and, like, quick recovery. What an amazing, inspirational thing she did. Wow. Totally. Yeah. And, like, Dude, hey, man. Both those not, all heroes, not all heroes wear capes. Some of them, wear, uh, some of them carry microphones, right? Uh, but, yeah, shout out to those women. That's uh, beautiful, beautiful gestures on both parts. One of them saving their life. One of them showing support for somebody who's fighting for her life. It's, wow. That's, that's beautiful on both their parts. Yeah. We need more good stories. You ever feel like you, you watch the news or you, you turn on a news segment or you go on Twitter? It's just, just a lot of negativity out there. There was a time. So much. I was watching this thing called um, TV shows. And there was this thing <laughs> called. I can't talk about it. <laughs> late night TV. Back in the, back yeah. in the day. And Way back in the day. Seth Meyers back would always. May. Yeah. Seth Meyers would always talk, you know, they talk about the news and how everything is. Seth Meyers would always randomly do this segment called things we need to hear about and it was always stories about positive or fun stuff it wasn't negative wasn't hateful wasn't divisive it was like oh this person's cat saved their life while they were choking like just random stuff so yeah we didn't need more positive stories we need more uplifting fun instead of this dark negative divisive news stories we hear about nonstop. Right, because I feel like honestly, you know, I know there's political division in this country. I, I know you, you you hear about these tragic shootings that happen all the time. You hear about these awful things going on all the time, and, but that's what leads. You know, that's what brings people in. Like, you know, I think naturally, human beings we we gravitate towards the negative, the drama, the controversy. But you know, I I think deep down there's a lot of good out there. We just don't hear about because that doesn't trend. Not sexy. I, I, I think not a not I, a clickbait. I, I, but that's up to us, though. I, I think we need to make that trend more. I think we need to shine a light in that. I think we need to, like, you know, these heroes in the world to hear about these good stories to show that, you know, there is humanity left in this world, that, you know, there are good people out there. It's not just all doom and gloom, that we're not heading towards disaster. I, I, we need stories like that. Mark Schwann, where can people find you on social medias? Uh, you can go to my website, yourfavoriteactor.com. All my social media links are on there, along with Shot of Wrestling. Uh, we're... We're everywhere, actually, on any type of platform you could think of for your podcast. We're also on YouTube. You can check out our clips on there, see our faces, our smiling, beautiful faces. <laughs> and you can follow us on all forms of social media, at Shot of Wrestling. Even threads? Are we on no, threads? No, because I don't, I, I don't have access to Instagram for Shot of Wrestling. You do. How do you not have access so, to Instagram? Oh, my God. You're a horrible social media person. I'm a horrible so I'm not even hired by you. <laughs> yeah, but you do because you're part of the team. We're we're brothers. Yeah, but you never give me access to Instagram. I didn't. I thought you had it already. Off topic. I don't wait. This is too much into the weeds. For me, thanks for asking, asshole. Um, oh, okay. I started watching this new show. Can we talk about it? 
Oh, no, I, wait, can't, I, can't, I talk. can't talk about it. <laughs> I can't talk about it. Oh, man. Per SAG rules, I can't talk. Have you seen this show? Right. No, oh, no. Anyway. Is <laughs> it fun? I won't be here next week. I have uh, my yearly, annually, both mean the same thing. I mean, it's the same thing, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Colon and endoscopies. Yes, nice. 2020, I they discovered doing a random endoscopy, a precancerous growth, which turned out to be cancerous. So now those two years of treatment have passed. I'm all good. So one doctor can do both in the same day now, like well, it used to be. So it's like two days off of work. I can just have one boom in and out, literally. But do it. That's awful. Like I'm 40 years old now, but just do it. It's like, again, that random endoscopy two, three years ago now, three years ago, when I was 37, saved my life. I would have cancer. I'll be fighting for cancer right now. So yeah, the, uh, how do you put this nicely? The prep to these procedures are gross, but it's just so much, it's so worth it. The prep is absolutely fucking disgusting. I've had mine too. It's, it's nasty. But again, it just, it's just so helpful. Save your life. Do it, please. I know it's weird, awkward. I've talked to two, three friends of mine about it. I gave them advice about just do it. You need it. So I won't be here next week. Hopefully Mark might be. If not, we'll be back in a couple weeks. So for Mark Sean, I've been your host at Mojo Putty. Until next time, Putty out. Hey, baby, I hear the bell ringing, hip tosses and body slams. Oh, my. And maybe you seem a bit confused. Yeah, baby, but I got you pinned. <laughs> but I don't know what to do when I see them with that golden case. They're cashing it in. Authority all in my face. What is a man to do? Good night, everybody. <laughs>